Welcome to a very short segment of Reality Breached, or it may not be short. We'll just kind of see what happens. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It's Reed from Reality Breached and Debriefing and Cocktails. I'm your host today, and Sergio Lugo II is my co-host today. What the fuck is this noise? Oh, reality has been breached. This is my show, asshole. Title of your sex tape? <laughs> this is my show, colon, asshole. <laughs> I feel like there's a, a second layer of jokes since you verbally said the word colon. That's funny. That's funny. Uh, yeah, yeah. So the reason you're hosting is because I was literally dicking around at the house, and you were like, hey, man, you want to record about Venom? Mm-hmm. In Venom. that voice? That was at least the voice that I read the text in. And uh, I was like, oh, I'm not doing shit. All right, let's do it. So I figured since you clearly want to do it more than I do, then you can drive. All right. Well, I really don't know how long we'll do this or not, but we'll see. We'll just kind of see what happens because I happen to watch. So to give some credit out, I happen to be watching a video by Captain Midnight on YouTube who talked about Venom. And I liked uh, portions of his take, and it really jumped out at me. It was like, you know what? I, I agree with these points. These are these are really good. And it just made me think a little more about the movie. And I thought, you know what? We should probably talk about this dumb movie. Just the, even if we did it for 30 minutes. Okay. Even if we did it for five. Oh, it's going to be longer than five. Oh, sure. It'll be five. It'll be longer than five. <laughs> so what the movie in question, to be very specific, is... Venom, let there be carnage. Sergio and I recently went to go see it, and it's very middling in terms of a movie. Probably as a movie, it's probably very. It's maybe a step under middling. I don't know. Yeah, I would say middling is is giving it more credit than it deserves. Yeah, and and that's in the context of, you know, as close to the objective standard of what makes a good film is where I'm coming from saying that. Outside of that more subjective, I think it's probably a little better than middling, but you know, your your mileage may vary on how you feel about the first Venom and this one. Mm-hmm. I so so to at least lead off with some positives and the points that even got us brought this up to happen. One thing I really did enjoy from the movie is Tom Hardy as Eddie Brock and Venom. I really enjoyed the dynamic between those characters for the most part. I like the dysfunctional nature of the two of them. It's very entertaining and fun. Mm-hmm. And this is the, so this is the thing from the other review that really got all this started was where he made a good he made a point I agreed with and thought was very good that Eddie Brock is a loser. More or less. 
this more so in this movie than in the last one. Okay. And that's really cool. That's kind of cool to see this not a not a slacker. It's or at least not as hard written that he's a slacker. Not the super perfect Steve Rogers, Chris Evans version kind of thing. He's he's not even a Tony Stark. He's not even he's not even a brilliant character or any exceptional character. He's just a really normal guy and he's kind of bad at being that. <laughs> and that's kind of cool when you have when when in contra and to tell a story like that from that perspective of the protagonist, it's really kind of interesting to see that when you have things as a contrast point like Vin Diesel and you can kind of correct me on this since I think you know more about the franchise you do know more about the franchise than me <laughs> Vin Diesel and The Rock's characters in Fast Five can't lose a fight right like right. that's in their contract or something yeah it's it's <laughs> like part of their contract is it can't be obvious who won a fight Mm-hmm. specifically against each other. Oh, it, is it only specifically against those two characters against each other? They can lose to other people, just not to each other. Well, the thing is, is they're, they're both considered the hero of the movie. Uh-huh. And con- contractually speaking, the rock is a way bigger star. Oh, yeah. so yeah, you, you can't have the, the big star, the rock be beaten up by Vin Diesel, but then you also can't, but it's Vin it, Diesel's like, franchise. Vin, Vin Diesel's never been in a fucking movie where he lost a fight. Oh. Like, go back and watch every Triple X movie. Watch every fucking Riddick movie. He is the the pinnacle of 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 quote unquote badassery. It's it's oh. it, it's almost a joke. It's it's so funny. Okay, I, I've never. This is kind of a whole. As a side note, for a moment. It, it makes perfect sense when you when I think about it, but I'd never really considered this very much that actors and their characters are protected like that. That it, it's, it's literally contract contract it's, yeah, for them. It's fucking stupid. It's fucking stupid. It it kind of is. Like I can understand in the grand scheme of the story, you don't want your hero to lose in certain at certain points. But to say Vin Diesel's character in Fast and Furious cannot lose a fight ever at any point is a lot. That's I I won't put this as much on Vin Diesel. Who knows who this came from? Maybe it is him. Maybe it isn't. But that's a lot of ego. It is. It is a lot of ego. Absolutely. And I probably overstated it. I'm sure there's like story beats where he has to lose the fight for something to happen. But it's never because he was a little bitch. Right. Yeah. I, I could see that. I could see where he, yeah. the, the, well, so something more, and because I'm sure it's a really broad thing you can cover to say he can't lose the fight it means he can't, let's just say it's more like he can't get beaten up. Okay. Well, that means the character opposite him can just get away where it, it the it's a no contest type thing, yeah, and so that saves kind of like Hulk Hogan's character 
well, Hulk Hogan, the character Hulk Hogan in old <laughs> wrestling in like the 80s or so, mm-hmm. he most in most cases, if not all of them, he was written in such a way that he never he usually never he usually would not lose due to the other person being better than him. He would right. lose through disqualification, through use of outside influences or getting te- getting ganged up on by other characters, things like that. It was in a straight fight. He didn't lose. Yeah. Yeah. So and that, that's just anyway. So to bring it back around, it's really cool to see a character and an actor be just be okay with that. Like, yeah, I'm going to play this disheveled looking kind of loserish character that doesn't really have shit. And, and I'm going to just have fun with that and rock it. And I'm going to slightly disagree with a lot of that. Um, I completely agree with the whole disheveled thing. Like both Venom movies, uh, what Tom Hardy looks like he has cancer and he's dying. Like, (laughs) He really, he, <laughs> it's like like he has cancer, and the only thing that like that keeps him from dying is not showering. Yeah, that that dude is a dirty shirt and not in his apartment, away from being fuck looking homeless. No, absolutely, absolutely. Like, and yeah, I never understood that in the first. I guess I understood that because you know he was being taken over by a symbiote. It's like I guess that makes sense, and that is a bold move because. Ladies tend to really like Tom Hardy. Mm-hmm. Like a lot. Okay. And for him to just just basically be a mess for two whole movies is uh, that's that's a cool choice. However, I don't think I agree with you saying that he's a loser. Like uh, okay. He had a successful television show on the internet. Like was profitable as a an, an influencer and a newsman, so he's subjectively, no, objectively a success. Well, well, then I'll, I'll I'll focus it up. He's he's more of a loser in this movie. Yeah, yeah, but that's just because of the 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 uh, the events of the first movie. I, okay. I mean that sure you're you're right like it it's a result of, as the first movie but yeah it's it's and, I'd still say that then but I, I, I but I just wouldn't call him a loser and, and I wouldn't always call him a loser it's just kind of the language that I that I heard and I was kind of like I can kind of go with that because he's just this disheveled again disheveled doesn't really have a job lives in a house lives in a, an apartment with two chickens. Mm-hmm. And just kind of gets his shit kicked in all the time by Venom or, you know, just doesn't really have much, just doesn't have anything going on for him. And even the, you know, in the movie, spoilers for the whole movie, uh, <laughs> even the story that he gets later in the movie isn't from him. It's kind of handed to him either by Cletus Cassidy, if I remember it correctly, Mm-hmm. And or Venom. Yep. Like he he doesn't do anything. He he's not. Right. But he he also wouldn't have gotten the story if he wasn't 
a known journalist. I mean, that's mm, see, we were trying to be on a positive note. I don't know why you're doing this. I'm just I'm just saying, like, Cletus Cassidy reached out, like, reached out to him because of who he who he is. You mean because he's the main character? But no. God damn it, Reed. No, but because he isn't, he's a known journalist who is known for, you know, doing shit online and doing shit for real. He was like by the end of the, by the, at the start of this movie or so, or at the end of the last one, like he, he's no longer a journalist. Like, didn't he, he gets fired halfway through the last, the first movie or doesn't he? He does. He does. And I'm not saying he still can't be known. He could just be an infamous journalist now that doesn't have a job to be fair. To be fair, it's it was just one of those things that was a funny little thing some that I heard get pointed out. And I was like, you know, I don't think they actually gave a good reason. They just said the prote- the antagonist wanted the protagonist to be this journalist to speak to. There's no specific reason. It's not like Cletus saw uh, Eddie on TV and said, that's the guy who needs to tell my story. It's, I think that's inferred. I, I I think it's easily just as inferred that it's nothing too. Probably then. Mm, what you can't infer that it's nothing. That would be the opposite of inferring. Nah, that's not what inference means. Either way, my my point of saying it's just a plot thing that Cletus picks him. It's not. There's no special reason other than. Eddie Brock's the main character. It's, it's just a funny starting point. It's not, I know. It doesn't matter. It I doesn't just, matter. It's not as lazy as you're making it out to be, though. I, I don't want to even say it's as I, I don't even mean it as lazy as maybe what my criticism is. It's it's just more of a huh. I never really thought about that. They really don't give a reason. He just he just kind of it's if they gave a reason, it's very loose. And otherwise, they gave no reason. It's like, huh. Oh, oh well. It doesn't matter. The movie needs to movie, so fuck it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, um, I cannot think of the actress's name in the movie. The Anne, the Anne character. Oh, the only actress in the movie. I mean, pretty sure Money Pennies as Francis oh, okay. is a character. All right. Yeah, she's too. a lady too. All right. She's a lady. You're, it's and Michelle Ms. Williams. It's Michelle Williams. And Mrs. Chan. Okay. All right. There's three. <laughs> the other Who's, two just aren't given much screen time. Like, even though Naomi Harris has, like, kind of a big role as a villain, she's just, like, there. No. And so, who's the... Oh, okay. Michelle Williams is Anne? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Um, I don't know enough about that character, about her, about the character itself and the actress herself. I hear she's pretty good, so it's kind of sad to see her get a little wasted in this movie. She didn't have much to do. But mm-hmm. I do find her character just the same, what little she is in there for. I find her funny, like when she's kind of flirting with Venom in the convenience store when he's in Mrs. Chan. Yeah. And when they're having the conversation at the dinner table where she's speaking to Venom mm-hmm. instead of and not to Eddie. I know that may not be much, but that, that, I I just kind of like those little things. I kind of hated all that. No. One of the best things I heard, though, 
<laughs> which made me think I need to do this specifically with you, is that uh, Dan, uh, Anne's fiance in the movie, mm-hmm. somebody referred to him as, he's basically Jerry Smith. <laughs> and when I heard that, I was just taken back. It's like, he is. Yes, oh, my is. God. That's such a good point. And when I look at it from that context, I kind of like his character a lot now. Yes, he's yeah. just kind That's of fantastic. a yeah. dipshit that gets kind of shit on. So he's kind of a great little character. Even though he's basically nothing and doesn't really mean anything, he's kind of a fun character. Yeah, like there's so much stuff in this movie that was completely unnecessary. Yeah, what what are you referring to? Like his character, completely unnecessary. For, I mean, and, he's and, the and, comedic relief, right? That's well, the main character is the fuck. It should be the comedic relief, relief, considering they spend half the damn oh, movie trying to be sure. funny. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, and character support. is only there because Michelle Williams needs to be there. Yeah, she's kind of reduced it, it to turn it around on the negative of that character. She's basically just there to be there, like you said, because she was in the first one. And yeah. to and be, I a, guess you needed a cherry, like you, like a you needed a carrot to dangle, you know, on a string yeah. at the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a carrot on the stick through the movie a little bit. Them, to, Eddie thinking they were going to get back together, and then being needing to be rescued at the end of the movie. Yeah. <clears throat> so. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 her getting the the symbiote for what like forty five seconds in the movie. Like they yeah. did that in the first movie. It was dumb when they did it then. It's even dumber this time. And wasn't she just taken over in this one just to travel? Yeah. That's it. Okay. Yeah. She 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 basically put him in her purse. <laughs> Drove him to Eddie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, was, it was. There's just so much in this movie that I despised. Yeah. I, as a side note about the movie, but outside the movie, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page, just kind of glancing at things, and I see the, or at least a movie poster for it, mm-hmm. where it has, you know, in the far background, it has the V. And then it has the characters overlapping each other on the V, and it has Venom and Carnage on the left, Venom on the right, top of the overlapping characters. This is – all right, I get it. Maybe it's an eyesight thing for me and colors, but these characters look so close to each other, Venom and Carnage. This Mm -hmm. looks like kind of a bad – like a somewhat bad poster to me. I'm yeah, I'm looking at the same poster you are and they're not distinguishable enough. Yeah, kind of there's thing. there's too much black in 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 Carnage. Uh-huh. Whereas whereas there definitely is black in the character or at least sh- you know, I say black like shading or something at the very least, maybe it's considered mm-hmm. shading. But around the black, like around his edges in a lot of cases if I'm not mistaken, it's very red. It's yes. not a dark red. It's an it's a blood uh, well not blood. It's a bright enough red. And yeah, this at a glance I wouldn't know which one of these 
was Venom and which one was Carnage if I didn't just stare at it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of the same problem that the newer uh, Jurassic Park movies have with the 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 fucking velociraptors and one of them has like a blue shading and we're supposed to be like, oh, that's blue. Oh, yes. It's just a fucking velociraptor. <clears throat> Like unless yeah, you're no, unless yeah. you're gonna make his ass like neon green like neon teal blue, we're not gonna see that in an action sequence. Yeah, and I think maybe this blue also have different colored eyes or something. Something like that, yeah. But even that still, e- even that, it's still a subtle thing. It's hard to tell. And yeah, you're you're definitely right. I I didn't think about that back when we spoke about those movies. But yeah. Blue, I could never really distinguish which one was blue outside of character interactions. Mm-hmm. I couldn't look at them and say, that's blue. Un- unless to say maybe blue's in the middle because it's three of them and blue's the leader of the three. That was my closest guess which one was ever blue. And who knows if I was right. Yeah. But hey, the, you know you know, you know what? It doesn't matter. I I really think it. I actually think it does matter, but I understand it's just a fucking poster. Can we talk about Naomi Harris's character? Do you want to talk about her first, or do you want to talk about Woody Harrelson and Carnage? I want to talk about her first. Okay. Because I feel like the Carnage conversation is much bigger. Um, yeah. <clears throat> she plays Shriek. Uh huh. Sh- Sh- Shrike. Shriek. Shriek. I think it's Shriek. Shriek. I'm not sure uh, either, but we'll go with Shriek. So in the movie, she's described as a, a she as having a mutation. Okay. But she's not a mutant. Mm-hmm. Like she can't be a mutant because then she would fall under the the, the umbrella of Disney. I suppose. And in the comics. Like I'm, I'm looking at her Wikipedia page. She's categorized as a human mutant. Okay. So is she an X person or not? <laughs> uh, or do you mean in the in in the Venom universe stuff, or do you mean just just, just overall like, like what makes a mutant different from a mutant? I guess is what I'm asking. What makes a mutant different than an X-Men? No. Like, if if X-Men are mutants, uh-huh. what makes a mutant different from a mutant? Like, our our version of a mutant? real Reality's version of a mutant? Yeah, yeah, but, like, no, reality's version of mutants don't, can't shriek and break glass like that. Well, but they can be still classified, you can still be classified as a mutant. yeah. Then let me word this better for Reed's brain. Okay. What's the difference between a mutant and a person with a mutation when that mutation gives them powers? Probably a prefix or a suffix. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. It's it pr- probably legal wording. Like, hey, you you idiots can't call her a mutant. You have to say she has a mutation. Mutant mutant has a little R in the upper right corner, and it's capital. <laughs> capital M. It, it, it has an R with a circle around it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it probably really is something just that simple, that it's mutant is a 
designation or categorization for human beings in Marvel comics and having a mutation is just that is, is what we know that to be. Mm. Albeit that it does give the character powers, but you know, yeah, there's like still that, not a capital M mutant. That's that, that, that stood out to me real hard when we were watching. I'm like, yeah. how is she not an X-Men? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know, because and it, I think there is a further distinction to where. I don't know, I, I was actually going to say something to the effect of you, you have characters saying I know it's DC, not Marvel, but you have characters that are imbued with powers through genes, right? Like Superman. Mm-hmm. Right. But a character like the Flash is also consider so Superman would be I mean he's an alien, but someone like him could be a metahuman, someone who just has gene powerful genes in some way, or mm-hmm. mutated genes. Uh, so equally the Flash, who was a character created by a lab accident, he is also considered a metahuman, regardless of where not regardless, but their powers can come from different sources and they still be considered metahumans. So maybe something like mutants, their how their powers manifest or their DNA, it's written in a certain way and that's mutant classification. Whereas in this shit, it's just, Oh, her throat morphed in such a fucked up way. I don't, (laughs) I don't know. You know, of all the things that we're going into about this, I don't know why. Why did we not have this conversation about why Carnage is red? Uh, well, because you have to just distinguish them on screen. <laughs> that is true. Uh, it's, it's, and and f- for the record, like throat morph is that what you said? Sure. sure. Title yeah, of my sex tape. <laughs> all right. <laughs> She does get wasted though. To jump, to jump, bring this back around a little bit. Naomi Harris as Francis. She definitely gets kind of wasted. Naomi uh, Harris was wasted. Francis, yes. I could give a shit about. You can't waste someone that I don't have any expectations on. I I'd still very easily say that she was very wasted as a character. Aside, you know, Naomi Harris specifically aside, the character is wasted just to be some. <coughs> dumb love interest plot device MacGuffin not not MacGuffin but uh Chekhov's gun bullshit well apparently she was the love interest for you know Carnage in the comics so it like that's cool it makes sense I, I just don't give a shit nothing in this movie made me give a shit about either of the characters which now we can move on to Carnage because what the fuck (laughs) um yeah the one starting thing that we we never talked about it but i definitely thought about it in the movie um the beginning of the movie if i'm not mistaken when they show cletus cassidy and francis Mm -hmm. in the children's home yeah they're both about 16 17 ish something like that and they have woody harrelson dubbing the voice that mm-hmm. that band's like sixty years old or something. He is. 
Yes, Woody Harrelson is a 60-year-old grown-ass man. Dubbing a 17-year-old's voice. And the thing is, is I actually think that's a great idea. Oh. Like, but, but because yeah. w- whenever you have characters, you know, that are or young actors that are playing young versions of old people, there's always that weird disconnect. It's like, oh, this dude doesn't look like... Yeah, they don't look or sound. Yeah, it's like he doesn't look like Chris Pratt at all. Yeah, like James McAvoy does not look or sound like Patrick Stewart. Oh, I would disagree. But I mean, maybe he can look like him a little bit, but he he does not sound like him. Let me let me go ahead and cut you off. Okay, yeah, he doesn't sound like him. He definitely doesn't sound like him. But for situations like this where you have a five minute scene where overdubbing the 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 voice makes sense and, and works. I'm on, I'm on board with that. I, I'll at least give you a little bit that I'm not strictly against it, but it did take me out. Yeah. I'm at least going to put that up against it for me, where as soon as I heard Woody Harrelson's voice over this character's over this actor, I was like, what? Wait, what? Is that Woody Harrelson? Wait, is that is this him de-aged? No, <laughs> it doesn't look de Maybe that's not. No, I mean, maybe kind of looks like what, like, what the fuck? Why? It's, it's I, just a little distracting. I love Woody Harrelson. I do, too. I like Woody Harrelson. So the, everything I'm about to say is not an attack on him personally. Mm-hmm. Because I, th- <laughs> I thought it was a great idea to cast Woody Harrelson. I was like, oh, he's kooky enough to pull off some Venom shit or some, some Carnage shit. But then he's like supposed to be 32 years old in this movie. Right. Yeah. He, he's like, tw- yeah. Or like 30. Like he's supposed to he's be a young 30s. man. Right. Yeah. Same thing with with Francis. And like, damn. Like, how old is I'm going to actually look She's up. 45. She's 45. I looked it up. OK. So not only not only are they both playing characters in, incredibly younger than what they actually are. There's a 15 year difference in the two actors. I, I wish I could think of it. That reminds me of a movie I recently heard about and I'm not going to find, I'll have to find it later, but there, there's some, some 30 or 40 year old person who clearly looks that age <laughs> is playing a high schooler. <laughs> like it, it is. And I think even in the, in the video or thing that I saw talking about it, it is a 21 Jump Street deal. Yeah. Yeah, it's way it, worse than that. <laughs> way worse than that. It, yeah, and it, like it's I didn't I really didn't think about Woody Harrelson and Naomi Harris's age in the present day part of the movie <coughs> at all, but I think that's a I think that's a good point. I think that's I think that's bad casting. It's very bad casting. Like how many 32-year-old actors did you pass up? When you said nah, Woody Harrelson. Yeah, because he. Cause where he, was he, he on the list? <sighs> right. Why yeah, couldn't where... he just be old? Or that? Sure. Why couldn't he, he just be old? Yeah. Why? Why couldn't he been in his thirties or something in in the nineties? And. They just be in an insane asylum or a prison or some 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 sort of facility, and then like just change that, just change it to that. Yeah. 
it, it doesn't make yeah. any fucking sense at all. And then they put him in that stupid ass wig. Like, let Woody Harrelson be bald. He, yeah, I, I suppose so. I, I don't know enough about that. I, I couldn't really tell. Are you talking about the dumb wig in the first movie or the sec- or in the second one? In the second. This two, it's two different wigs he had on. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, in Venom, in the first one, it was a very curly, redheaded wig. Well, in in this one, it was just as dumb. What? I'm actually, I'm actually looking at it. I'll try and send it through the chat. This motherfucker is. I forgot about this. This is a sideshow Bob-looking motherfucker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and, and to, to put this in context, so the the opening sequence of of let there be carnage is set in 1996. Yeah. Uh huh. In 1996, Woody Harrelson made Kingpin. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I, th- I think he got his first Oscar or a nomination or something or white men can't jump was already. That, yeah. That, well, that was 92, but uh, well, okay. Yeah. yeah around. He, was in the, he was in the people versus Larry Flint in 1996. That's the one. Yeah. 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 I forgot that one. Yeah, like he, yeah. No, I, I mean, I think we've kind of said it, but yeah. He's very aged. Yeah. No, and, di- no diss to the actor himself and his ability, but they did not age these characters properly. They did not cast for age at all properly. Yeah, yeah. Give, give it to, just, oh, it's infuriating. It, like, it, it, it just feels like the biggest, dumbest Hollywood move, you know? Rather mm-hmm. than actually cast the movie, they're just like people like Woody Harrelson. Yeah, yeah, and I guess they just picked that, and they must not have cared about Naomi Harris. Or they, they, or they, or they cast him in that first movie, and then the second movie, Andy Serkis was like, "Let's do something different with the story and make him young." Or right, or, or they had to commit. Maybe they weren't sure how Venom was going to pan out, and like, oh shit, we got to bring Woody Harrelson back now. Yeah. <laughs> this this is why when you tease a character in a post credit sequence, you don't cast them yet. Yeah, I, I mean that's at least a fair way to look at it too. They really, like we've said, they really could have just written it to match their ages. They absolutely could have. They really could have just done that. And they have Naomi Harris play young herself, right? If I remember, um, she I don't plays think so. No, Francis. no, that's a different. That's a different actress. Was it? Okay. Or I'm sorry, actor. We're supposed to say actor now. Oh, whatever. It's fine. Um. Yeah, and and, and and since we're talking about hair, I'm sorry. This was supposed to be short and probably supposed to be a little positive. What the fuck is up with every single person's hair in this movie? Okay. What do you okay. mean? Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson's wig, shitty. Michelle Williams' wig, shitty. Naomi Harris's wig, shitty. Tom Hardy didn't wash his hair the entire time they were filming the fucking film. Like, was it like a mandate? <laughs> I, I mean, I don't got, I don't have any beef with Tom Hardy and his appearance. He just, again, disheveled. That's what his. That's like the at this point to me that's the defining characteristic of his Eddie Brock. Yeah, there there are four human beings on the cover of this or on this this movie poster. <laughs> None of them have good hair. 
I thought this I thought this poster didn't matter. <laughs> Coming it back does to this matter, but it but it but it does tell a story. Oh, you don't say. <laughs> the fuck, man. Yeah, it, I, well, I didn't actually really talk. notice this wig on on Woody Harrelson. This one, yeah, that does look kind of funny. Yeah, uh, and and we haven't even talked about uh, Cletus and Naomi being able to drive a stick. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's it's definitely funny that these characters, these aged characters, don't know how to drive a stick. One that they look like they should know how to do it, but two, when you look at the timeline they've presented us, they probably shouldn't. Yeah, they were not of driving age when they were both imprisoned. Yeah, at the children's home. Yeah, and then and, they get out in twenty or twenty-five years. Mm-hmm. Twenty-five years. Yeah. So there's. Yeah. Okay. I'll even go so far as to say, sure. Let's just say it for the sake of argument. Both of them got literature and or videos and or things showing them how to drive. So they learned how to drive from their environment somehow. That is not the same thing as physically driving. That's true. That's true. And and let's let's just play full on devil's advocate here and say that before they were imprisoned, they got rudimentary driving, you know, experience. Sure. Let's let's just say in some world that happens 25 years and you haven't touched a steering wheel. You don't just pick it back up immediately. You don't start driving a sports car with a with a fucking clutch mm-hmm. like your Mario Andretti. Again, you don't know that. I, I do now. Reference. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh-huh. you, you don't. Yeah, you don't. And like, I, and yeah, I, I, this this is some real read shit. I guess since you're playing my role, I'll play yours. All right. Like the least they could do is throw like a like a joke or some sort of oh shit I haven't done this in a while or oops I ran over a fucking fire hydrant because I never got trained you know just something. Man, just Don't treat really... us like we're fucking idiots. Uh, that's some real read shit. This just didn't bother me. It doesn't matter. Just watch the, just watch the movie, Sergio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, man, man. <laughs> I'm with you though. I, yeah. I mean, aside from my predilection toward this stuff, I I do think this stuff matters because if you just start scratching the surface. Every movie has this crap that you can scratch into and find bullshit. This shouldn't be that bullshit to me. (laughs) The kind of stuff that it should be is stuff that if you scratch the surface, you kind of tear the world down almost immediately, which which is maybe good and bad, if not more bad, but – Take take Harry Potter for instance, where if you if you scratch the surface of the story and how the world how the two worlds never col- really collide and how there hadn't been thirteen great Muggle wizard wars over the <laughs> centuries, <laughs> whatever, right? H- how have these things not happened? But fine, I'll let that go so the rest of this movie can happen. You're telling me that you're going to make this bullshit. Thin enough on their driving ability 
on their age, on the timeline of things, that they never had to be that way. For for the Harry Potter world to work, in a lot of cases, you have to have it be certain ways. Yeah. You have to have some of the story elements she came up with, so the whole thing, so a lot of the core works. You don't need these things to be this way for the core of the movie to work, ever. Yeah. So there's no reason to to be this way about it. It's just fucking sloppy, and I I have a theory. Okay. I, I hate all I hate for it to all be this way for Andy Serkis because actually I didn't realize he so was he the director before you get in before, yeah hold on to your theory he's the director yeah I hate to hear that because I like Andy Serkis and I mean I don't know how much the director really has on these sort of things if he just directs what he's given as a script or if he can change the script um. It is his job to make a movie that makes sense. But does it does that go so far as to say he reads the script like how do these guys know how to drive and that it's thirty years later? What do you what do we not need to explain that? Should we not rewrite this entire deal? Oh God. Okay. Actually, looking at the story here, story by Tom Hardy. Oh, directed no. by Andy Serkis. Now the screenplay was actually written by a screenplay writer, apparently. But yeah, uh-oh. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe this is, you know, to to compare it to something else. Maybe this is a sort of Rick and Morty esque thing where, you know, they'll make it overt sometimes how they're saying, yeah, this is the conceit we're doing for the for this episode to exist. <laughs> we're just gonna let this be. This is just what happens. Yes. Yeah. In this one episode, Rick actually trusts Morty and doesn't check the label for the horse come in the barrel. Yeah. Yeah. That, so the rest of the episode happens, where in any other situation, he would be distrustful of Morty's behavior immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so maybe something like that. You know what? You know what this reminds me of? Like when you're watching a television show, right? And you get like four or five seasons into it. One of the one of the big like red flags that you can stumble upon without even watching a full episode is the in the opening credits when they say who the producers and directors of the of the episode are and they're the stars of the show. Well, what do you mean? It's a red flag for like that that the episode or the season is going to be bad. It's like, oh, oh, okay, so this is going to be shit now. (laughs) <laughs> because the actors were just making this. Oh yeah, they 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 got to do their pet project. They're like, you know, I could di- I could direct an episode. Yeah, I'd like to write yeah. an episode. Like in, in this episode of Smallville, I think Clark, Clark Kent should find another bad guy. <laughs> Things like, oh okay. <laughs> what was his name? Superman actor. Oh oh uh, I was gonna say Tom Hiddleston, but that's definitely not it. Tom <laughs> Wellington. Tom Welling, yeah, Tom Welling. Don Welling directed some fucking Smallville episodes. I mean, I, I guess it is kind of one of those things. Maybe that's a gateway sort of thing for actors to get directing under their belt. And No, and it's, if, it's the other way around. It's when you can't find a fucking director uh, who will direct such shitty fucking TV. <laughs> uh, uh, 
my theory, my theory. So theory. I've said this before, and I don't know if I've ever said this on mic, but the Venom character, for some reason, is really popular with just shitty fucking people. Like meth head garbage human beings who think Venom is just a he's just badass. Okay. Now he's not exclusively popular in in those those those, uh, those circles, but there's just something about the character. Like, like you, you'll see fucking dirtbags at fucking like uh, what are they at uh, flea markets that are wearing a Venom shirt that they haven't washed in 15 years. <laughs> and. I think that w- that's their fucking target audience here, you know, like like some like real fucking uh, uh, turn of the century corn limp biscuit li- listening motherfuckers. <laughs> this is such a an interesting way that this was going. And if that is your target audience, shit, <clears throat> you you fucking rang the doorbell, man. This is exactly what that that group wants because they don't give a fuck about character development. They just want to see some badass, weird gooey black shit on the screen, killing people. Yeah. And you do kind of have Tom Hardy, Tom Hardy's Eddie Brock is kind of a, does ring sort of a drug related looking character to me. Mm-hmm. And, and attitudes and his anxieties yeah. and all that kind of stuff. He drives a motorcycle. He wears leather jackets. He doesn't listen to the corporate overlords when he makes his news. <laughs> this movie is for the dirt bags, Reed. Oh no. Um, Sergio's opinions are not those opinions of Reality Breach and any sort of affiliate of of Reality Breach. These are I opinions am of Reality Breach. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only like. Five percent kidding. Like I literally. So you're ninety five percent telling yes, the truth. Five percent kidding here. Like just just <laughs> remove the teeth from what I've said. The rest of it is fact. Okay. <laughs> um, I think that's an interesting theory. And I would I would assume so. Not in this movie. Not to be confused. I would feel like Carnage. If if meth heads are the venom <laughs> are venom, then Carnage generally in comics is the crackhead. Yes, absolutely. Because that character that's that's when we talk about characterization and things like that in this movie. That's one character they seem to have gotten very badly. And I understand they want, you know, it's going to be their own twist. Like maybe the Venom character in the movie isn't isn't that close to the Venom character in the comics. But he's he to me, I'll at least speak for myself. He works for me in this movie, how they've written him, how they how they play him, all that. Carnage, on the other hand, doesn't even seem to be reminiscent of Carnage from the comics, where Carnage from the comics is kind of this zany shit talking wild motherfucker. Mm -hmm. And 
this I'm taking this from someone else who said it better than I think I could have come to. Carnage is a lot of things, good and bad, as a character. One thing he is not, generally speaking, is boring. <laughs> and he is boring as shit in this movie, or at least, or lukewarm at best. And that should not be what you want for your subtitled antagonist. <clears throat> like the whole movie is based on for this character and Cletus Cassidy. And they are both fairly boring. Mm-hmm. And that's unfortunate for what I understand about the what little I understand about these characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I'm not, I'm not coming at this with full knowledge of the the characters, comic book wise. But what I understand about it is very similar to what you're saying. And they, they, they kind of painted themselves into a weird corner in that, like Venom is supposed to be a bad guy. Like, yeah, he, he's Eddie, a bad guy, anti-hero character. Yeah. Yeah, Eddie Brock is not supposed to be this charming, like underachiever or whatever or loser like he's supposed to be an asshole yeah yeah i mean may, maybe he is he is kind of a loser too not 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 necessarily in the in the same sense that the tom hardy's version is because he, he's put like life shits on him kind of loser where just nothing seems to go his way yeah yeah because because like like eddie brock is supposed to be not the antithesis of Peter Parker, but I think he kind of is. I think he kind of like, 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 like a mirror, like a, like a worst case scenario. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So like if if like if Peter Parker has the symbiote, good things will come of it. Peter will suffer. Mm-hmm. If Eddie Brock gets the symbiote, there is no good side. There is no in- inherent heroics there to build upon. And we all suffer. Yeah. They, and, I think there might be more to it than that, and we just don't know much about the – we don't know enough about the character. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And, and But I and see I, your – at least starting point, I see what you mean. Yeah, and and the Carnage character, at least the way I understand it, is very much like Venom except un, unhinged. Yeah. And, and Crackhead is a really good way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Uh, as a fun side note on one of the characters in the movie, something I don't know any, I don't know. Venom and Carnage are it. That's what I know about these characters. <laughs> Anybody else that shares that universe with them that isn't Spider-Man and his affiliates, the I don't know them. The detective in the movie that Eddie mm-hmm. worked with. Yeah. He apparently becomes, you know, maybe not in these movies, but he is the symbiote toxin. Oh. At least that's kind of what I'm getting the image of. So I guess he's maybe. At a glance, he looks kind of like a bloated, maybe disgusting kind of character. Maybe or some or just some variation of Carnage because that's what it appears he's come, where he comes from. 
is uh yeah off of off of carnage yeah i don't know just a Which, just a fun little fact i ran into while you were talking so, so I, I didn't know i was going to be me- mentioning this movie but i don't like how venom can create his own <clears throat> like basically children symbiotes yeah, and and I don't know enough. Again, just gonna keep saying it. I'll try not to anymore. But don't know enough about this universe, these characters. Well, regardless, I just don't like that fact. Like I know that that's a thing. Like he's he's basically a venom offspring. I, yeah. I I really like the concept of venom being from outer space and other symbiotes also being from outer space. Not we have one symbiote now we can have twelve because Venom touches shit like right. th- that that makes me think of the movie Multiplicity. Okay. You know you you have you have one character who makes a copy of himself and then one of the copies makes a copy of himself and mm-hmm. the copy of a copy is barely there and that's how I interpret interpret the existence of of Carnage. Oh. Or any other symbiote they're copies of copies. Yeah, and, and I, I'm going to say this, and I don't know enough about it for it, but so the, apparently the symbiotes are their own race. Like, they are a group of an ancient, they're an ancient or old group from outer space, I say outer yeah. space in relationship to us, but something to that effect. Like, there's the like the Black King or the Night King, something like that. Like, they dealt with Celestials. Forever ago. And, and like, that shit's cool. That's not what these are doing, though. But, yeah, Venom getting some blood on him and, and suddenly Carnage springs out of a dude's mouth. Like, I, what? And that may, that, that may be accurate to the comic. I don't like it. Yeah. I, I'm, I guess I'm fine with it as long as it's written all right. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's kind of negligible. Albeit, though. I understand I made the point about this particular movie where Cletus just bites him and gets the symbiote into him somehow and then becomes Carnage. He mm-hmm. becomes a different symbiote and they don't explain that. So I guess some aspect somehow some way between being in Eddie Brock's body and then being ingested by Cletus Cassidy, it becomes a red symbiote, which is apparently worse, is a worse thing to deal with per Venom's instruction. Yeah. But yeah. how did he become a red symbiote? I'd like to know. Is it, it just ra- random chance? I there, there's, I guess the, the what can be inferred is that something in Cletus's DNA caused him to become a red symbiote. I guess, but then they aren't compatible with each other. So somehow, and I'm not saying they have to be compatible. Just if something in Cletus changes it to a red, then it would make me think Cletus and it should have a connection. If it's effectively born of Cletus in some way. You know, that like that is that is a a valid criticism. Until you understand that some people just hate their parents, man. <laughs> they do fuck us up. I 
now I will say as as contrast to what I just said, I like the kind of end point of the movie where they stick to that Cletus and Carnage are not uh they don't pair well versus Eddie and Venom. Yeah. I do just think the rest because of the rest of the movie like that ending is good enough but the rest of the movie about those two characters isn't. Yeah. I No, no, no. <laughs> like this is some fucking forced diode shit that they just make up on the spot. It feels like. And that that that's kind of a good point. Like Cletus and Carnage should get together or or maybe it takes time. Like maybe that's a part of the reasons. Like it maybe it, it, they would have to spend more time together because to be a little fair, Venom and Eddie have spent enough time together. You know they spent they weren't per I don't know that they were perfect. I I could be wrong for the record. I don't know that they were perfect in the first movie up until the end until they came to terms with each other. Yeah, but let's let's also just ignore the fact that Venom bonded with Anne and bonded with the, the lady at the fucking convenience store and it, any number of fucking random people throughout the city as he was, you know, disconnected from Eddie. And you, you know what? You're right. I think this lends itself to be another wise, wise carnage red due to these circumstances. And what does it being red mean? I think this is similar. And funny enough, I'm I didn't one I didn't think about that. That's not the funny part. The funny part is that I have a similar reaction to you about those points. I just kind of inferred he's not really inhabiting. He's not like trying to symbiote onto them, so to speak. He's just kind of borrowing them, <laughs> so he's in control. So okay. it never really came to mind to me that whether the people he's inhabiting are compatible with him or not mm -hmm. it's he's just he's dominant and that's it like and he, he's using them you're probably right it's more parasitic than sim symbiotic mm -hmm. he, he's just using them as a vessel or a means to an end so it's not about how well they get along but at, at least to your point though they don't really explain that they they don't go into so what is that? Is he just dominating these characters? They don't really talk about that since this whole deal is he and Eddie are such a perfect or a good match for each other. Are they a good match in personality? Is that why? Is it something genetic or at a you know DNA level, or is it both? Is it? Yeah, I mean, I I still think it's kind of a valid question, or, or at least just say Venom can dominate people. Venom can just attach himself to people and make and use them as puppets. Yeah. Yeah. For periods of time. And 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 that's how it seemed like in the first movie. That's what it seemed like Riot was doing, so. Mm. <clears throat> hmm. I I don't know. I don't know. It, this is not a good movie. I the more I talk about it, the more I dislike it. <laughs> uh do you want to talk about the one thing that had me lighting up like a goddamn Christmas tree? Uh, sure. And you know what it is, right? I don't. Are, are we talking about the mid-credit? Yes, we are. The mid-credit okay. sequence. I, I thought it was something that wasn't that obvious, but... 
No, yep. it's something completely unrelated to Venom. Um, <laughs> Effectively. Yeah, yeah. So, I guess, spoilers, um, the the mid-credit sequence was basically the reveal that through the actions of something in the MCU, Venom and and Eddie Brock were sitting on a bed watching a news report of our Peter Parker, like Tom Holland's Peter Parker. Uh, yeah, J. Jonah Jameson, yeah. Yeah, yeah, J.J. Jameson uh, was on the screen. So, so and, and we see the change, like, on screen. It, 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 go, it goes from them being on vacation at, at, like, a beach, and then there's, like, a, there's like a, like a switch. A switch is flipped, and suddenly they're, they're watching a TV sh- that, that has this news report on it. So either the, the uh, what the fuck, the, the, the events of Loki or the events of the upcoming uh, Spider-Man No Way Home or the events of Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness. One of those three things trigger this and basically put Tom Holland in the Venomverse or put Venom in the Tom Hollandverse in, in the MCU. Yeah, it, it could, it could also be something which we don't, we just don't know. I, I definitely lean to the things you just said. Mm-hmm. It could also be something that Venom can do. Cause, cause that's what he talks about. He's like, it, it, I can, sh- I'll show you a fraction of what I can show you. Cause Assuming they're going off this for now, mm-hmm. again, symbiotes are they're ancient. They're super right. old characters and know all kinds of bullshit. So maybe he altered something in Eddie's brain or, or did something. Or who who knows what? All all that to just add one more. Maybe it's this thing. Could be. But and I do I, lean to I, what you said. But no, you're 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 right. I had not thought about that. Like it, it, this could be, like. Basically, Venom flipping through the files and saying, see that guy in another dimension. I fucking I, I attached to him for a while. Oh, so you're OK. So you're going even a, a little step further. Maybe then you're you're saying this is in Eddie's head. It could be. It could be. Yeah. Or, or it could be that he did flip over into that dimension and he's like, well, let's go after that guy. Because, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But it is without a doubt the most exciting thing that happened all movie. <laughs> because oh, I, yes, I have been the most exciting thing. <laughs> calling this shit for years that that they would put Venom in a Spider-Man movie? No, the the other way around. Like like my big my big theory that that I've held for a few years now is that Tom Holland's contract with Marvel is almost up. Mm-hmm. Actually, it was up. After uh, what was the second one? Um, Far from Far home. from home. Yeah, it was up after Far from Home, and he wasn't going to be in the MCU anymore. Oh, are you are you talking about the whole debacle between Marvel and Disney that that whole bit, or something else? No, 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 no. The the debacle between Sony and Marvel. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, like Tom Holland is signed to Sony to play Spider Man. Mm-hmm. For, for I think three more movies, and Sony was fully prepared to just use Tom Holland in their own fucking Spider Verse. Mm. 
they, they, that was the plan until they re- signed a new deal to get Tom Holland one more MCU movie, which in my mind is a fantastic way to write his like write a story that convincingly writes him out of the MCU. Oh, which when you're introducing multiple movies that deal with the multiverse, there you have it. Yeah, and there's that still is, probably and there's still probably a window to bring him back to, and that allows for a window to bring him back too. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I mean so if if they, you know, wanted to or they could work out whatever green whatever bullshit they got to work out, but yeah. Yeah, so 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 like Again, I've been calling this for years, and to see this on screen, and to see the Spider-Man trailer, like, both of these things are basically saying, Sergio, I think you might be right. (laughs) You might be right, Sergio, and if I'm not, that's fine, as long as they tell a good story. I'm not going to be disappointed if I'm wrong, but motherfucker, if I'm right. (laughs) I I will say this Spider-Man movie is probably, on top of seeing this Venom thing... I'm going to assume nothing comes of this Venom stuff right now. I'm just going to assume nothing at all comes of that. Outside of maybe I'll get the least I'll give it as a cameo. Like who knows, maybe Venom sees them through a dimensional window or vice versa or they're flipping through dimensions. You know, like a like Doctor Strange and him are seeing windows of dimensions and they see Venom. Mhm. Eddie, Eddie Brock and Venom I don't think anything deeper is going to come from it. And I, for all, of course I could be wrong, but I'm, I'm just going to take that side. I don't think anything's going to happen. Uh, you, you, oh, you, geez. not in, not in no way home. Okay. Okay. All right. That, all right. That's I'll what you, I'll I, give if, you that. I'll give you if, that. If I didn't make that clear yeah. not in no way home. Okay. Okay. Will something happen past that? Yeah. I mean, if, if it doesn't, I think they're full of shit and they're liars. <laughs> what the what the fuck else is this in credit for you assholes? Yeah, yeah, like all the all this in credit is doing is setting up his exit. Yeah, and that's you know sure fine. We'll we'll see how it all unfolds, and and maybe you're right, maybe it unfolds that way. I'll for now I'm gonna assume it's a merger or a, or a pairing, or whatever it is, uh, a Sony Marvel production, whatever. Yeah, Spider Man will be in Venom three. That's what it looks like for sure. Or or Venom 3 will be Spider-Man No Way Venom or Venom Comes Home or something. Like it's <laughs> going to be fucking it's going to be a dual movie. You know, as a side, maybe side, I would kind of love to have seen Tom Holland with this uh <laughs> with the symbiote. Like I kind of wish this was closer to the actual story where the Venom symbiote just lands on Earth, gets on Spider-Man, Spider-Man ends up rejecting him and goes to Eddie Brock. I kind of wish that happened because I would like to have seen Tom Holland and Venom interact so, as one entity. All right, all right. So let me let me let me pitch you a pitch you an idea. Okay. It is very much what you're talking about. I feel like we're going into a second podcast. No, 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 no. This won't take long. We're we're, we're basically done here. Um, Okay. So Spider-Man 4, 
So so they, they successfully write Tom Holland out of the MCU. He is now in the Venomverse, okay? He doesn't know that. Like, he doesn't know that Venom exists. He doesn't know that Morbius exists. Um, he doesn't know that... What's the other one they're making? They're making a fucking... They're making the Hunter guy? What's his name? Oh, Craven? Craven? They're making a Craven movie, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, like, like all of these are supposed to be in the same, you know, universe. Uh-huh. He doesn't know this, and... Spider-Man doesn't know this? He, right, right. He does okay. not know this. At the beginning of Spider-Man 4, he comes across the Venom symbiote. And it bonds to him. And we learn in the beginning of the movie, oh, it's Venom, and he's, of course, uh, he's uh, sentient, and you get to have your entire act of a movie where Tom Holland is talking to Venom. Mm. Okay. The rest of the movie is Venom trying to explain to Tom, Tom Holland, like some sort of big, big, like tragic event is coming. Something involving a shit ton of symbiotes or something from space. He's basically like, we need to like we've we've got to protect people from this shit because it's going to get bad. And as much as I love helping you, Spider-Man, I can't bond permanently to you. I need to find my original host and he's missing. Who is his original host? Tom fucking Hardy. Speed plot is us following Tom Hardy. OK, so, so to be clear real quick, because some of us are slow, not not me. For other people, uh huh. You're saying this is Spider-Man Four or Venom yes. Three? Both. Okay. <laughs> and that Venom is lost from Eddie. Yes. And gets attached to Spider-Man. Is like, hey, I need you to help me find my buddy. Yes. <coughs> and the reason I need you to help me find my buddy is because there's an imminent doom that conveniently Tom Hardy is investigating. Mm-hmm. While he searches for Venom, do you think this somehow ties Spider-Man back into Phase Four, like Kang's no. coming? No. 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 Hmm. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's definitely it, 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 a, a useful cause, idea. Because, because in that scenario, you have an Act Three where Tom Hardy gets Venom back. There's the big reunion and, you know, the big celebration of blah, 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 blah. There's all kinds of jokes that you can make about Tom, uh, Tom Holland being like, oh, I didn't didn't even know you could do all that shit. Like. Why weren't you doing all this cool stuff when you were attached to me? And Venom can be like, you couldn't handle it, little boy. Oh, oh, to Tom Holland, he says. Yeah, yeah. To like training wheels. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Training program. Just fucking talking shit the entire time. It's that yeah. is like that Spider-Man Four is what the, that's that's the movie we we deserve. <laughs> you should you should write write into them. No, because then they won't use it. No. <laughs> if, if I if I write them, and then they use it, then I sue them. <laughs> so I I'm mean... officially suggesting they not do this. Oh, wait, the whole thing that you just said you don't want them to do? No. Well, I do, but I don't. Okay. 
or or do you have my permission? Is what writ all? Is that a thing? Can uh, we, I, I know somebody who can who can uh who can uh stamp stamp this podcast and 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 notarize it that I won't sue them if they use this story. I, I was about to say I'm pretty sure we need a lawyer at a certain point or at least a witness. I have a notary. I know my I have a no, I have. I got it. I got. We're good. We're good. Uh, okay. So Venom, let there be carnage. Fuck that movie. But it is making an ass load of money considering it's you know still COVID times. So. Yeah, actually, you know, since we we really hadn't talked about that, where give give us that rundown real quick if you don't mind, since I know you pay attention to those things. What's yeah. that all looking like right now? Is oh, it doing well? It is doing well. Um, as of right now, is it's it, made a, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. It, it's made $109 million. Mm-hmm. It came out last Friday Ooh. Uh, or last Thursday, whatever you want to you know, call it. And, uh, now keep in mind, like Shang-Chi's only made two, $200 million in its entire run so far. Mm-hmm. It's going to pass. Shang-Chi in like two weeks. Uh, you know, that actually reminds me. So, I, and maybe you'll remember exactly how you worded it before. So when you talked about Shang-Chi and Black Widow, ha- has that changed at all? Or is this movie in a different spot than those two? Do, do you remember that conversation? Um, Where you were talking about, oh, like the exclusion of China for the. Oh yeah. This one, this one has not, I don't think it's been released everywhere yet. Because okay. when I look at the international numbers, there's not much here. Okay. Yeah, it's only Australia, Germany, Russia, and the United Kingdom. So then, so this is doing better, or quickly going to do better than Shang Chi did in its then then in its entire run. Oh yeah. Oh yes. It made ninety one million dollars <laughs> its first weekend. I, I could see that too, just because of all you know. Most of this is peripheral. The dirt bags, yeah, I know. <laughs> People definitely have wanted or wanted have, have wanted, excuse me, the idea of Venom versus Carnage. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a lot of people that like that that storyline, apparently. Uh, so I, I I more feel I hope people got enough of what they wanted. But I don't think they did. I don't know. I don't know. But like Sony is making money from it. And uh, yeah, looking at this, it doesn't release quite yet everywhere. It hasn't released everywhere yet. So that's pretty. It sounds like that's pretty good if it's going to pass Shang-Chi. Yeah. And it hadn't even released everywhere. Well, but Shang-Chi hadn't. I mean, the only place Shang-Chi hadn't released is China. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it's released everywhere else. So, okay. So they're still kind of about the same. Then that's still impressive for Venom. Mm-hmm. Which that's so surprising. The first Shang- Venom made fucking bank, dude. Yeah, it it did. I remember that one doing very well. Or I mean, at the very least, very well for what it was. Yeah, it, it the first Venom made eight hundred million dollars worldwide. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm. Well, and the second one worldwide is at 130. 
Well, just keep on a trucking then, little Venom. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm happy for it. I'm I'm glad to hear it's doing what it's doing, even if I'm not the biggest fan of it. <laughs> uh, any last thoughts about this? No, like at least it's short. Yeah, that that definitely is one of the best features about this movie is that they kept it short. Something yeah. like uh what was it? Men in Black 3 was was akin to that? Yeah, Men in Black 3 is bad. But thank God it was short. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this one's 97 minutes. And it Man. feels that short. It it does. I I'm kind of glad to see that they took out a lot of the like the only thing from the first movie, I actually need to really rewatch the first movie. The one bit of minutia I thought was dumb in the first movie was the like the company chasing him in the street with the drones and shit. <laughs> yeah. I remember I vaguely remember that scene. I was like, this doesn't seem like this should be here. Or this seems like this doesn't matter. But I don't know. It's been forever. Anyway, weird thought. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us for this unexpectedly longer episode about venom let there be carnage and one of our next upcoming projects for debriefing and cocktails which sergio and i host is going to be no time to die the last daniel craig movie we're going to go see that this weekend so we will get that posted up sometime in the near distant soon later future so don't be vague all right thank you very much for your time and joining us you guys stay pretty and be awesome no no you got to close it out right this is reality breached get the hostage shoot the money (laughs) wait get the money shoot the hostage that yes you want the money i'll partial credit good job oh yeah before we go read i I just want to just make sure that i'm clear on this if like if someone comes over to your house and they have a dirty venom shirt on Mm -hmm. hide your blu-rays they'll steal every fucking one of them you might have to advise me on some other item because i have no blu-rays like they'll they'll steal they will they'll steal your silverware even though you have a playstation 5 I don't know about that, but I, I, I'll accept the sentiment. Don't let them buy your car because they'll steal your cassette deck. <laughs> There's so many things wrong with what you just said in relationship to me. <laughs> and the year that you think the car is. <laughs> uh, all right. Thanks for that advice, buddy. They'll leave hot Cheetos all over your house. They're not gamers. They're meth heads. Look. They can't taste anything, so they have to eat hot Cheetos. Because it's the only Just, thing their burnout fucking mouths will, will, will can still taste, Reed. Just so... What the fuck? I, I cut myself just so I can feel something. 
Yes. Some kind of shit like that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know enough about meth heads to make jokes. So When they eat at a restaurant, they'll bring a fucking lemon and order water. Uh, I don't know if that's funnier or if them bringing their own water and asking for a lemon is funnier. <laughs> Can I get a lemon from my Desani? <laughs> I don't know which one of those is funnier. Now I gotta look up method. <laughs> I like, need to really look into methamphetamines and method like, jokes. When they ask you directions to a place, you have to make sure to tell them that it's not walking distance. Because <laughs> otherwise they'll assume that it's walking distance. Uh, you know what? Fuck, fuck the hostage. Just shoot me. Take my money. <laughs> I'm done. If you're lucky, that the, the, the venom shirt wearer guy will do that. I hope he just eats my head. <laughs> I'm off. Thanks for listening to Reality Breached. Be sure to check out our other great shows like the Black Pocket Podcast, Shellheads, and Dead Scene Kids. All available on realitybreached.com. Hello everyone and welcome to Discussing Trek. I'm your host Clarence and I wanted to introduce you to the podcast. Discussing Trek is all about keeping you informed on the latest news and episode reviews in the Star Trek universe while also staying engaged with our community of listeners. So be sure to hit that subscribe button for weekly content and stay locked in to DiscussingTrek.com for more information. Until next time, guys, live long and prosper. <laughs>